You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Daniel Gill, it is an honor to have you on Real Faith Stories. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, absolutely, Brian. Glad to be here. Really enjoyed reading your responses to some of the questions that I provided you with prior to this conversation. And just for people that have not heard of you, could you share a little bit about yourself and why you're so darn famous? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sure thing. So over the last six years, I have been a top competitor on the the TV show American Ninja Warrior. So if you've never heard of it, it is um, like an obstacle course game show. So you progress through the course and there's a buzzer at the end. If you can accomplish and complete every obstacle, hit the buzzer, you can move on. And there's multiple rounds each season in competition. And if you fall in the water, then you're you're done. You're disqualified. Your run is over. And so I've been really good at that the last six years and I've had just great favor, great success. And I really believe that God has kind of given me this platform and also given me the drive to prepare myself for this platform to do as well as I've done. And now it has become my means of of ministry, of, mm. of using this platform to spread the gospel, to encourage, to inspire, to uplift people, to point them to the kingdom of God. So it's called American Ninja Warrior, and we're actually about to begin filming a, a new season for this year, 2021. When does that start, the filming? We begin filming late March, and it ends in late May. And I assume they'll start airing it on television in early June. You have an interesting background. You grew up in the Houston area, and you have how many siblings? There's five of us total. Okay. Share a little bit about your growing up years. Yeah, absolutely. So I came from a family of five. It's funny because as a believer, you know, both my parents, when they got married, neither of them were serving the Lord or in a home church or anything, but much like how Hannah in the Bible prayed for a son, and then when God gave her a son, she was like, I'm going to devote this child to, to your care, to the temple. Uh, well, my mom, after like child number three was born, they kind of came together and they were like, hey, we can't do this on our own. We're going to devote these kids to the Lord. We're going to raise them in the church. And so for mm. me as a child, my earliest memories were of growing up in the church and, you know, my parents homeschooled this as well. So we were able to kind of customize our school schedule and, you know, be able to do like family vacations, be able to be way more involved in our church life and different ministry organizations. And I remember going in and being a part of all these different ministries, sign language ministries, clowns ministries, my ministries, and we would go into like nursing homes and, and homeless shelters and hospices even. Mm. Um, and we would we would get to, to minister, whether it was singing or dancing or, or performing skits. We would just get to encourage people, point them to the kingdom of God. And really, it was from that young age that kind of my heart uh, for people grew that I, I discovered that people were the most valuable thing on this planet and God has a heart for people. Mm. So growing up though, I mean, people watch me on TV and they're like, oh my gosh, you're like one of the most athletic people in the world. Well, the reality was uh, I played about every sport possible and that was because I was not very good at any of them. I was not <laughs> not a very good athlete, but I learned many valuable lessons about hard work, about perseverance, about teamwork and, and putting in the effort 
to uh, get better at the sports. And so as good as I got, I was never one of the best athletes, but I was also the monkey boy in my family. I climbed on everything. The whole entire world, Brian, was my playground. And yes, it got me in quite a bit of trouble <laughs> climbing <laughs> on things that I wasn't supposed to climb on. But it was like woven into my DNA, just this desire to climb on things, to overcome things. So, wow. you know, when you fast forward down to Ninja Warrior days, I'm like, God, you've prepared me my whole life to do this, to do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a lot of my upbringing, uh, athletics, uh, family time, church time, and all that. You indicated that you told the Lord when you dedicated your life to him at an early age that you would do anything and you, yeah. you would do anything for him. And then what happened after that? When I grew up, when I was about uh, like seven or eight years old, I mean, I, I prayed the sinner's prayer. I, I believed in Jesus. I received him, accepted him, prayed for him to come into my heart. And I wanted to go to heaven and was terrified of hell. Um, but then it wasn't until my high school years when, you know, I started to, to make other friends. And there was the peer pressure to live a certain way, act a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way. And that was when my faith really became my own. And I prayed and I said, God, if I'm going to do this Christian thing, I'm not just going to, to go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays because that's what I've done my whole life. Mm. No, God, this faith has to become deeper. This faith has to become my own. This relationship has to be you and I, not just me and you know my family or my church. Like I can't live off of my parents' faith. This has to become real to me in a new and, and deeper way. And so I prayed and I said, God, I know you have my heart. Like that's not the issue. I know if I die, I believe in Jesus and I'm going to heaven. He has my my heart. I said, but God, from this day forward, I'm going to give you not just my heart. I'm going to give you my life, which means everything that makes me me: the good, the bad, the ugly, the hopes and fears, but also the doubts and insecurities, I'm going to put those in your hand and I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to, to go to church, not just because that's what I've, I've always done, but God, I'm going to go to church because I want to worship with your people. I want to learn about you. I want to study your word every day so I can better understand your character and your nature. And God, anywhere that you want me to go, anything that you want me to do, I will gladly do that, Lord, because according to the Bible, God, all these men and these women who said yes to you, regardless of their own issues or problems, you took their lives on the most incredible adventures and you used them to impact generations, to impact the world that they lived in. Yeah. So I said, God, I want that to whatever degree and whatever it looks like. Mm. And so then it's funny because after that, I just, I went all in for the Lord and, you know, got more involved in my church, just helping out whatever wherever was needed, whether it was on the greeting team or helping out with worship, which I still do to this day. But I graduated and went to a Bible school and just, I was blown away. I got to travel the world on world missions trips, going to places like Japan, uh, Malaysia, Bulgaria, Rome, Italy, uh, Honduras. And I was just blown away. And the, the kingdom of God, the reality of God became so real to me that literally like it ruined me for a normal life. Oh yeah. And it was during that season that I had told God, I will gladly be a pastor or worship leader full time or a missionary overseas. It was during that time, Brian, that a job opportunity opened up at a local Ninja warrior themed gym. <laughs> and that's how I got into the American Ninja warrior world. And I said, God, I'll use this as ministry if you want. I love that because what we think in air quotes as normal ministry, right? We've got this idea of a pastor, worship leader, or missionary, 
and here God takes you and brings you into American Ninja Warrior as a missionary, right? Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Dude, not me. His plans are much bigger than mine. <laughs> well, let's dive into that just a little on the backstory. So you were hired at whose gym? Yeah, yes. I had a job at the time and I was answering telephones for a local fencing company. Uh, no, not with swords, but like we were building fences <laughs> in people's backyards. Right. And I remember enjoying that job and, and trying to keep a, a kingdom perspective and saying, okay, God, like I enjoy this. I enjoy what I do, but this isn't what I want to do forever. I want, I'm looking forward to something else. And it was at that time that I was going to this Bible school. And during my second year, the first week of my second year at this Bible school, that job ended. And I thought to myself, well, Lord, this was not the plan. Like I still have, in addition to school tuition, I've got my phone bill, car bill, all these other things, and mm-hmm. I, I need a job, Lord. But here's what I'm not going to do, God. I'm not going to sit on my hands and ask you to drop it in my lap. No, Lord, I will, I'll write up a resume. I'll go look for jobs, apply at many locations because I need a job. But God, I want to bring you in on the process. I want to settle at a place that you want me to be at. Mm. And so I just, I, I began the conversation with the Lord. I, I brought the Lord in just from the very beginning. I had my friends and my family just pray over me. I was like, guys, I need a job. And, you know, without further education, there's th- certain things I can't do, but also there's a lot of things I don't really have a desire or feel like a calling to do. Mm-hmm. So would you guys just stand in faith and believe with me? And I brought my community in around me. And I tell you what, it was the very next day, Brian, that a friend at my Bible school that I barely knew, he was just there for, for Bible school like I was. And the only thing I knew about this guy was that he was an ex-gangster. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy nudges me and he says, hey, yo, I heard you were looking for a job. And I thought to myself, oh, God, I don't I don't have what it takes to sell drugs. I can't do this. That's not <laughs> the kind of life I want to lead. That's not ministry. And of course, you know, we're not called to judge people from the outward appearance. And Lord kind of humbled me in that way because this guy looks at me and he was like, hey, I've got a job you're interested in or that I think you might be interested in. It's a gym. And I was like, well, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I don't really go to a gym. I, I don't really do weightlifting. I do calisthenics, body weight training. I do pull-ups, push-ups, running, climbing, things like that. Um, thanks, man. But no thanks. I don't have any interest in that. And he said, wait, wait, wait. You know, it's not a it's not a regular gym. I work at an obstacle course gym, and I, this was back in 2013. I said, "What do you mean an obstacle course gym?" And he said, "Well, have you ever seen that TV show American Ninja Warrior?" And dude, Brian, my my eyes went as as wide as saucers. My my jaw dropped, and I said, "Yes, I grew up watching that show. I love that show." Yeah. And he said, "Well, I work at the only gym in Houston that trains people for that show." So that very same day, I went with the guy. We we met the owner. It was it was Sam San, and it was called Iron Sports Gym in Houston, Texas. And I went, and we started jumping on the obstacles. And I was naturally just very good because I'd been an athlete monkey boy my whole life. <laughs> I was really good at these obstacles. And so I'm thinking, I'm just bouncing off the walls. My God, you've given me the greatest job I could have ever dreamed. I could have, I couldn't have even imagined a job like this. God, I get to climb on things, get to coach and things like that. I'll train maybe for this TV show. Like, wow, God, that's incredible. And so I give the guy my um, application, my resume, and I say, hey, you know, my name's Daniel. I'd love to work here. Like, thank you very much just for the consideration. And he looks at me and he's like, well, thank you so much for the application. I'm going to review it, but we don't have any openings right now. But in fact, if you get a membership, I'll get to see you more often because I don't like hiring people that I don't know. Like it's a, a family owned business. 
And I was crushed. Mm. And I thanked him for his time. And I said, well, I'll be in touch. I would really love to get a job here. And anyways, I, I start leaving and I'm just kind of crushed. I'm brokenhearted. I'm like, God, why would you show me this gym if I wasn't going to be able to get a job here, Lord? Like, I still have tuition. I still have my bills. I still need a job ASAP. But Lord, what is what is this? And at that moment in my life, at that down moment, I relied on what I promised God, which was this. I promised him in my high school years. I said, Lord, I will never hide anything from you. Yeah. You know, because oftentimes we try to hide our insecurities or hide mm. our, our doubts yeah. or things as if he doesn't already know. Right. But I promised him, I said, God, I will bring you into the ugly. I will bring you into the the doubt, the insecurities of my life, because it's only with you that I can actually overcome these things. And so I'm praying as I'm leaving. I'm like, God, if nothing else, Lord, thank you for showing me this, gym because I would like to get a membership here. But I would also love to work here, God. So if it's not now, maybe later. But whatever the case, God, I'm going to trust you. And you still have the job. So I'm still going to trust you, even though I'm upset. And I'm not going to hide that from you. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Because I'm, I'm still frustrated at that point. <laughs> yeah. And as I leave the gym, I walk outside. A different employee runs up, grabs me by the shoulder and says, hey, you – I heard you talking to my boss about a job here. I'm about to move to another state. I haven't even told my boss, Sam, this. If it's cool with him, you can just have my position start immediately. Guess what? You're going to be coaching a, a kid's class. Guess what? You're going to be coaching the the homeschool program. Like You'll be the director of the homeschool <laughs> program. And I literally saw a, a miracle happen where I instantly got a job there working at that gym. And then to add like icing on the on the cake. I go back to my Bible school the next day and they said, hey, we have to talk to you about your finances. And I said, hey, wait right there. Like, I just got the most incredible job working at like a ninja gym. I'll be coaching kids, uh, teaching classes, and I might even get on this TV show, but I don't start for a couple of weeks and they're not going to give me a paycheck my first day. So can we please work something out with our finances? Because I know I'm supposed to be at this Bible school. God has taught me so much. And I'm even going to use this this ninja thing as ministry possibly. And I said, well, here's the thing, Daniel. Someone has come alongside and paid for your entire, not month, your entire year's tuition has been paid for by an anonymous donor. I love it. And I had heard about things like that happening, Brian, but I had never had it happen to me in a time where there was no other option. Mm. And I promised right then and there, I said, God, I will never, I will never worry about finances because I've seen you provide. And this is going to be the testimony. This is going to be a milestone moment, Lord, that I'm going to remember that as long as I'm chasing after you and and putting one foot in front of the other, even in the difficult times, you will provide because you are my source, God. And so that's kind of how I got into, you know, Ninja Warrior was training at this gym, working at this gym for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. That's so wonderful, Daniel. You had also shared with me that there are some very specific ways that God has brought forth lessons in your life, and you've shared four of them with me. I'm just going to read these back, and we'll dive into some of these, okay? Mm-hmm. The first one is seeking first the kingdom of God. The second is trusting in the Lord and stepping out in faith. Third, actually reading and studying the word of God to better know his character and nature. And fourth, always have wise counsel and accountability in your life. All of that you just really touched on. Let's take a look at one of these things, and that is trusting the Lord and stepping out in faith. Yeah, that one comes from Proverbs uh, 3, verse 5 and 6, where King Solomon wrote, like, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not a little bit, not most, but all of your heart. Hmm. 
and do not depend on or don't lean on your your own understanding because oftentimes, Brian, I think I know it all. And then I come to a, a situation that I've never been in and I realize just how little I know. <laughs> and yeah. it's in those moments that we depend on and we lean on the Lord, the creator, the one who made all of this in the first place. And so then the verse goes on to say, acknowledge or in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And so for me, that has become one of my life verses that I remind myself almost daily, Brian. You know, I, I look at my life, I assess my schedule, my day, and I say, God, I'm going to bring you into every single moment of, of the day. And Lord, if you've got other plans, I trust that those other encounters that I have with people, those things that aren't on the schedule that I have written for myself, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm going to trust that you have a plan, that you have things behind that. And Lord, as as long as I acknowledge and bring you into the situation, Lord, you're going to direct my path. You know the way, you know where this is going, you know the plans that you have for me. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us hope in a future. And he, if you promise that to the Old Testament church, the Israelites, that same promise covers us, the, the New Testament, the new church, the, the believers now. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I try to bring him in to every experience that I have in the day. I try to even train myself in godliness, like Paul says, and to try to have the first first thing that comes out of my mouth each morning is just blessings on God. Like, I praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Father. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of train myself to have the, the mindset that says, yes, the Lord is with me. Yes, I'm going to have my ears wide open in tune, listening for things that he says. I'm going to have my eyes wide open, looking for the goodness of God in any situation that I go through. And trusting in him, seeking in him has just been one of the most exciting parts of my life. Because even on the bad days, Brian, because yes, I still have bad days. We still live in a fallen world. Even Jesus said that in this world, we will have trials and tribulations. We will have troubles, but to take heart. And so even in those bad days, I try to train myself to say, okay, God, where's the silver lining? Lord, what are you doing? I see in the natural what is happening in this world right now, but God, what are you up to? Where where are you moving? How can I get involved? How can I use the power of my word, my voice to pray things in that you're wanting me to, to pray, to believe for, to stand with? And so as it pertains to American Ninja Warrior, people ask me all the time what like the hardest obstacles have been because they change every year. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Brian, one of the hardest challenges that I faced on Ninja Warrior was just getting on the TV show. I mean, it's an application process. You go online, you fill out you know, like a nine page form. And then you submit like a two to three minute long video auditioning saying who you are, where you're from, what you do, how you train and why they should pick you for American Ninja Warrior. And Brian, they receive over 80,000 of these videos on a regular basis, on an annual basis. And of all those videos and applications, they only select a few hundred. Mm. And so when I first started auditioning for Ninja Warrior, obviously I thought it'd be a shoe and I was like, God, you've chosen me for this. This is going to be easy because walking with you is is easy, right? And two years in a row, I got rejected. I did not get a call back and I had to wait a year. And I remember thinking like, God, I thought this was going to be easier. Like I thought you know, walking with you meant, you know, just an ease of life. Now, he does promise peace. He does promise the the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, we have all of those things. But I mean, <laughs> also the kingdom of God is built on process. Like we, we grow mm-hmm. in our trust, we grow in our relationship. And that takes time because this side of heaven, 
We live in, in a world where we, we have time. We have seed time and harvest. And so we can't always expect a harvest when we haven't really put any seed in the ground, any time, energy, or effort. So during that season, I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to acknowledge you. And I will do my part. I'll continue to train. I'll continue to you know, build my, my brand, what I'm going to wear on the show, because we're not allowed to wear outside branding. But if we create our own T-shirts or logos, then we can wear that on the TV show. Mm. So during those years that I, I got rejected, I trained my body to be ready. And I, I thought about my brand. I trained myself for the impact. So I came up with the slogan, Kingdom Ninja. I put kingdom across my shirts, across my chest. And that came from Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus said to, to seek first the kingdom of God and to live righteously. And all of these, all of these other things, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, those will be added unto you. But the, it's all a matter of priorities. So I said, okay, God, I've got the brand. I've trained my body. And even though I got rejected this second year, God, the only other way for me to get on the show is to join what was called the walk online. I show up at the competition site weeks in advance. Thankfully for me, it was only about seven days, which still mm -hmm. waiting in line for seven days after about day three, I was dehydrated. I was sunburned. I was, you know, <laughs> having friends and even family say like, Daniel, maybe you missed the mark. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe God is calling you for something else. But I was like, no, this is what I feel in my heart. This is what I need to do. And I'm going to wait and see how it all plays out. And after waiting in line for a week, literally a miracle happened. And out of 50 people, I was one of 15 that got selected to actually run the course. And mm. so the very first time I ran the course was by mir miraculous happenstance. And, mm -hmm. and I just remember like trusting God and saying, okay, God, if this doesn't work, I'll try again next year because I feel like this is what you've called me to. And it's acknowledging him, even in the sunburned, dehydrated, you know, kind of hopeless looking situation saying, God, I'm not giving up because I know you haven't given up. Yeah. And even if things don't ultimately go the way that I'm hoping or praying for, God, I know that Romans 828 um, talks about how we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I said, God, even in the worst case scenario that I can think of, I know that you can turn that around for good, for kingdom purposes, to point people to you. And so I've rattled off like a bunch of my just favorite <laughs> life verses that I remind myself daily because I truly believe that, you know, this world, it does squeeze us. Every single one of us faces obstacles. Now, I do it on a TV show, but I mean, just this last year, take a step back and look at all the obstacles that we faced during this pandemic, whether it's our, our finances or our jobs or you know, the health of loved ones and things being shut down, life being turned upside down, and then still thinking, okay, God, what are you doing in the midst of all this? How can I pre prepare myself for what you're wanting me to do through this, God? And and not letting it, <laughs> not letting us be so driven or controlled by what's happening in the world, but instead being focused on what God is doing and how we can you know, build the kingdom, yeah. win souls, fill heaven and empty hell. Let me pause here for a moment and go back to the scripture you mentioned in Proverbs, Daniel. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. As you were sharing that, I was thinking about how many of us feel as though we should be acted upon by God in our walk with him, but in reality, the root word of disciple is disciplined one, and there is quite a bit of discipline, as you've just mentioned here throughout this conversation, required for us to draw closer to him, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that's something that I see as a recurring theme in your own life. In the trust, you have also taken action. You have taken yeah. massive action in trusting him. You've, you've aligned yourself in every situation that when something comes into your orbit, instead of your plan, you're pinging the Lord, as it were, and saying, okay, God, is this an intervention? Is this something you're wanting me to engage in today? Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. 100%, Brian. And so as you interface with other people about these these scriptures, about these life verses, do you find a theme that's recurring with respect to the things that you tell other people in their own walk with the Lord and perhaps the struggles that they're facing? Yeah, the recurring theme that I see all across the board, regardless of where we are in life, be it students or workers at a job or, you know, whether we're just with our peers or even our families, like every single one of us, we face these obstacles. We do get knocked down. And that's what I tell people, especially when I speak to young people, whether it's in schools or or churches or uh, like camps, I'll tell people like, it's not a matter of, of if we fall or fail or come across circumstances that far surpass anything we feel capable of. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of when those things happen, when we fall and fail, what are we going to do? When life spirals out of control, what are we going to do? And so I think that the theme that I love to share with people is that when, not if, but when life squeezes you, what is inside is going to be what comes out. And if we're so full of fear and doubt and insecurities, and we don't have a a steady foundation on God, just like how Jesus talked about the the builders. You know, one of the builders built his house on the rock and the other built his house on the sand. And inevitably storms came to both of those houses. You know, it says that the the, the storms came, the floodwaters rose and uh, the winds beat against those houses. And that represents our life. And we all go through times like that of storms, but the house that was built on the sand couldn't stand and it was blown away. But the house that was built on the rock was able to withstand and and to last. And so I tell people, you know, we have to fill ourselves full of truth, especially in a world where, you know, everything on the media, everything on on social media, everything on the news says, you know, truth is just in breaking news. And the reality is we're discovering that not all of that is truth. In fact, most of it is fabricated and has, you know, their own narratives or agendas behind it. And so I think as believers, we look at the word of God and say, okay, According to the word, all this scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired. It's for us. <laughs> it, it, God gave us his word as truth. And so if we fill ourselves full of that truth, truth of the word of God, the promises of God, the knowledge of God, then when the world squeezes us, when those storms come against us, that is going to be what comes out of us, the truth of the word of God. We're going to, in, instead of come through these storms broken and beaten and missing parts or pieces, mm. We're going to be solid. We're going to be able to get through it, and we're going to be able to grow from that process to Mm -hmm. then minister to others and show people, if nothing else, just an example of a life that what it looks like to walk with God. Because even Jesus went through storms, but he had (laughs) he God was with him, and he was able to speak to those storms. He was able to overcome all of those adversities that came against him, all the people that came against him. What you're doing, Daniel, is you're exalting the Word of God above all circumstances, above all other voices, because it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the letter of a law, his word, to fail. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard people say there are circumstances, there are voices, and then there are facts. And the facts are, what does the Word of God say, right? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Uh, your time in studying that Word and putting it in your heart, it sounds like it's changed everything. It's driven everything and oriented everything in your life. Yes, it has. And I, like I said, during my ministry school years, after traveling and just firsthand, you know, seeing God move in other nations, other countries, and seeing the hand of God touch so many lives. I mean, Brian, I think any believer who becomes exposed to that or finds himself in a situation where it's undeniable the things that God are do- is doing. Mm. And at that time, I was ruined for normal life. And I said, God, like, I thought I might get a nine to five job or just like have the normal, like a a house, white picket fence, all these things that are like, quote unquote, the American dream. Yeah. Well, the reality is, is that the more time I spent chasing after the things of God, the more he transformed my heart. Because I don't want people to assume that I was always as gung-ho for chasing after the dreams and the things of God as I am now. The reality is, is every time I stepped out a little bit, just inch by inch at a time, he would show up in greater ways and it would cause me to then want to take a bigger step or want yeah. to, to jump or want to leap, want to run towards the things of God. And because I realized as a God, chasing after you has become the most satisfying, rewarding, and impactful life that I could ever have imagined. So much greater than anything that I could have just dreamed about on my own. And it has changed the way that I I live life. So now I I take stock of my own talents and abilities, my giftings that God has given me, or the the education that I've you know been blessed with. And I say, okay, God, how can I use all of these things to bless people, to point them to you, to use it as a means of ministry, even if it's not within the four walls of the church, even if it's marketplace ministry, and I'm going out into the realm of the health and fitness industry, or Mm -hmm. the television industry, or the science industry, or education, God, or the business industry. Like, there's all these other areas in life, in the world, that God is, I believe, looking for people, believers that will go in, or that are already there, and to say, God, I'll use this for you. And then his favor just comes in greater ways and and just the wisdom of God comes as we continue to seek because as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, like we we will be filled. Yes. And I I so fully believe that you can look at anywhere you are in life, whatever your occupation, and you can use that as a means of ministry and it will just, it will, will change the lens or the perspective through which we look at life. Follow the prompting. Take a step. Mm Mm-hmm. On that note, what I'd love to have you do, please, Daniel, is pray for our listeners as we finish up here. Oh, absolutely. So, Lord, we just, we bless you. We lift you up, Father God. We thank you, God, for the the world that we live in, God. Lord, (laughs) throughout history, God, I can't think of a more important time to be alive, God, right now. Lord, Jesus even talked about, you know, the, the harvest being ripe, but the workers being few. God, I pray that those who listen to this podcast, God, Lord, they would you would just begin to stir in their hearts, Holy Spirit, that you would give them an, an, uh, a nudge, God, that they would follow the whisper, they would listen for the whisper, God, to, to make an impact wherever they are, God, be it you know, student or, or employee or, or business owner, God, or family, God, that we would use the influence that you've given us 
to point people to you, God, that we would let our light shine so brightly everywhere that we go, God, that people would look at us and only give praise to to you, God. And so, Lord, I pray for the the listeners, Lord, that you would just give us new direction, God. Give us new um, desires for the word of God like never before, Lord, that we would be so filled with your truth, God, that no lie that we might hear on news or on radio or in other places, God, no lie would distract us or deceive us, Lord, from the things that you have for us. God, I pray blessing over every single listener, God, that in the same way, Lord, that you have upheld your promises in my life as I have done my best to step out in faith, God, that as those others step out in faith, Lord, that you would so quickly uh, comfort them so quickly, show up and and show off, God, <laughs> because mm-hmm. we live in such a time as this, God. I pray for the listeners, for our families, God, for those that might be struggling, you know, financially or struggling in their own health or their family's health. God, I pray peace and I pray uh, deliverance and I pray, God, uh, restoration and recovery over every single person, every single listener, God. And I pray that uh, with each passing day, as we get a day closer to your return, God, <laughs> that we would be one day closer joyfully expecting the next step of our eternal existence, God. It's not it doesn't just end here, Lord. Mm-hmm. We've got this life and the life to come. And I pray that you would keep us kingdom minded in all of our ways. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Daniel, such an honor again to have you on the program. Thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Brian. And for those listening, I mean, they can continue to, you know, follow, keep up with the season. We're about to film season 13, like I said. And, you know, uh, more than anything, if people could just be praying for me, for my wife, Abby, as we continue to navigate this reality TV show mm-hmm. um, and to use that for the kingdom of God. And if anyone wants to stay in touch or stay connected, they can find me on any of my social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, at Kingdom Ninja or Daniel Gill, or even my website, DanielGill.Ninja, where they can stay connected on kind of what God is doing in, in and through my life during the this season. Definitely. Everyone, please check that out. Thanks again, Daniel. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, Read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.